Yo. What up? What's going on, bro? Shit. Man, you, uh, there it is. That look a little bit better. Yeah, we getting there, dog. Yeah, man. How you feel? I'm all right, man. I'm all right, uh, you know, no more bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, uh, we're going to call this episode 16. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fuck it. Why not, dog? Yeah. yeah. So, huh? I'm here. You here? Shit. Yeah, that's all we need. So, you know, obviously, the topic of the day is gonna be music, right? And just kind of like what music means to us and how we got introduced to music and all of that, and what what really triggered the conversation mainly just centered around the fact that you know Marvin Gaye. Um, death anniversaries tomorrow his birthday is friday and we really and you know he's somebody that really means a lot to us as just music lovers and so we're gonna have a a tribute and all of that to him on saturday when we talk and do like a full you know face-to-face thing but just wanted to really man just have a conversation just to learn a little bit more and to share a bit more about just kind of like what music means to us and you know how we use it for therapy um, you know, how we got introduced, you know, and all those kinds of stuff, man. So, so tell me a little bit about how you got into, um, how you got introduced to music. Uh, shit, man, you know, I can't remember a time it wasn't music in the crib, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my dad had an extensive record collection. I mean, walls and walls and, you know, stacks and stacks. So it was always some some albums playing, there's always some music playing. And uh, coming up, man, my, my oldest brother uh, was a DJ. So he was okay. playing music in the crib, you know, mixers and sound equipment, and he had an extensive collection. So, uh, and then, you know, my brother's always, it was a record store not too far from where we were. And it was always going to the record store, getting records and looking at the, you know, looking at the album, you know, and this is, I mean, they, you know, they brought in hip hop. So they were, you know, loose ends, can, mm. uh, you know, Aerosmith. I remember all of those record covers and, and listening to them. And back in those days, man, you had to listen to the record while you looked at the cover. Yeah, 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 yeah joint so it was just always sounds around man it was always everything was done to music eating cooking cleaning chilling you know what i'm saying everything was done to music in the crib so and even my mom man my mom you know she loved like that southern uh like the gladdest night and the uh, Otis Reddings and that Southern Church vibe. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. She was heavy in church, but she, you know, she always used to say the day, you know, he left the church, yeah, sing for the devil, but she'd be listening to him. She, she <laughs> so, uh, so my relationship, man, sort of starts there and then moves into when I, you know, when hip hop started to get its thing, you know what I'm saying? That's when I came into my sort of taste, but still had those. Uh, roots to to reach back to um 
And I mean, all of that, man, whispers. Um, and even, you know, my mom was Nina Simone. My mom was, you know, introduced me to Bob Marley, introduced me to, to Toots, who you hate, you know what I'm saying? It's so disrespectful. Lee. And, uh, and all that, man. So I always just had a, a ear to good R&B black people music and then, you know, moved into, you know, hip hop, which is still the same, same vibration, just on a different wavelength. So, so mine is kind of similar in that, you know, my mom, I, I mean, I didn't grow up with my pops, but my mom was just all into music. A, a lot of people don't know my mom actually had a record contract, bro. She was, uh, she was uh, Miss Black Missouri back in the 70s. She was a model and she went on to compete for uh, Miss Black USA and all of that shit. And so, you know, her, her uh, talent portion of the competition was singing, obviously. So, you know, she was singing and she got a record contract. She had a, uh, she did a single out and she was kind of like in that disco vein. So she was going up against Anita Ward and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, huh? You ever heard a record? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. You got a record? Mm-hmm. I'll be playing that every time I play. Dude, so peep this. My mom came to visit me one day, and this is when I was, uh, this is when I had the residency at, uh, at Lounger 3. And um, Reggie was working there. He was still there at the time. And I, uh, I played her song yeah. out yeah. while she was there, man. And it was actually a really awesome moment and then uh reggie walked up to her and he was like so that's you that's you my mom still talks about it to this day it was actually it was actually pretty dope yeah yeah that is that is um but but like you man music has always been a part of my life and and it's weird because every time i think of music as a kid i always think of saturday mornings bro and cleaning up and my mom had that kind of record player that opened up it looked like a suitcase, yeah. and you open it up, and then one side is the the turntable, and the other side is the speakers. Yeah, that's weird <laughs> that every black person has that same experience, man. I wonder where that, like, it has to be some kind of connection to that to something, man. Go ahead. I, I, no, I, I, and it's like that with a lot of shit. Like, who told every motherfucking body bro to put used grease in a Crisco can and put it on the stove? Dog, it's like we all came from one family. Like we all came from one section of people. They just spread out and just became went to different places, man. Wasn't no emails, bro. Didn't nobody do no broadcast. Right, right. Somebody was moving around telling people what to do. Because that's not. I mean, I don't think it's a native African thing to. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure music is, but to Saturday morning specifically to clean up the music man is a that's an interesting thing man Go yeah and, and so that that so like my mom would my shit bro it was like i mean there was no hip-hop at all you know back then i mean all you i remember watching uh simply red and tears for fears and shit on uh yeah. on mtv bro and and you know i love that shit that was the shit right yep yeah, uh, but my my mom was huge into country music bro she loved patsy klein Crazy and uh Dolly Parton and shit. So she would bump that shit too. But like Anita Baker, Alexander O'Neill, The Whispers, OJs, like all that shit just and the crazy and they're great feelings, bro. That they're, they're awesome motherfucking feelings. And I think that one of the things I actually ended up doing with music as I got 
as I got progressively older that I understood that there was this, that I had this really strong relationship to sound. Yeah. It wasn't like just a normal, um, it wasn't like what all my other friends were doing and kind of like how they were just, you know, like it, it, I had a totally different relationship to the shit. Um, yeah. And it's something that I carried, you know, even all the way through to now, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was um, heavy on country too, man. I remember, uh, Charlie Pride and the Oak Ridge Boys and all that. My mom be feeling, you know, my mom had a, while my dad was very sort of R&B, black, you know, kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? My mom was, I mean, her her taste was eclectic, man. She listened to everything. And she liked some of the 80s stuff. She said, bump some Jody Watley, bump mm -hmm. some, always say, Madonna stole everything from Jody Wiley. But when I began <laughs> to go and looked at that, I was like, that's absolutely correct. You know what I'm saying? But she she had, I mean, she had a, a, a ear mag just for just soulful stuff. Yeah, and um, I remember the first concert I ever went to, bro, was a Crosby, Stills, and Nash concert. That's crazy. Crazy as a motherfucker, right? Yeah, yeah. And didn't go to another one until I went to the, um, <laughs> it, was, it was Run DMC, I can't remember what the name of the tour was. It was Run DMC, LL Cool J, um, Public Enemy. And I remember LL Cool J, he was, that was when his radio album came out. And a big Rock. ass. Huh? That's the Rock the Bells tour. I think it was. Yeah, that was the first hip hop stadium tour ever. But I remember the, the radio. When the, when the radio came down and that, mother, that motherfucker came out of the tape deck. Yep. Yeah. I lost it, bro. Yeah, that's, I lost it. Oh, man, because you being in the Midwest, West, we had a little bit, a little bit better connection to hip hop coming down from New York. We talked about this before because we also had black colleges. So those black colleges, a lot of times, brought people from Jersey and New York down with hip hop, and so we got a taste of it. But we also had our own go-go scene, which was in stark contrast to hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all these different things, but we definitely started to hear hip-hop coming down but you probably didn't get that until until later on bro i would i wouldn't get none of that shit i was i was so stuck in to my old school slow jam r&b shit and don't get me wrong bro west coast west coast music west coast hip-hop is a very unique it's, it's a niche thing right it's not yeah. like and you know i don't want to say it's it's unlike any other place in the in the, in the country but like like there when you like that shit just wasn't making it to the right, bro. It was just, it stuck on the left. Yep. And that was your shit. That was your shit. But that was everything, though. I mean, even Southern hip-hop wasn't making it past Georgia, dog. I mean, even like South Carolina, North Carolina, maybe. But it wasn't making it past Georgia. And Texas, you know what I'm saying? Maybe to Texas. Because that was a mm -hmm. little... Um... Um... But uh, but yeah, man, that's that's weird. That a lot of like the, the uh, the uh, the hip hop came from New York to Cali, but never sort of made it through that Midwest vibe. Yeah, and and um, and I think that's why I'm so stuck on the R and B shit, like slow jams, old school, because we we didn't have really that much to consume. I mean, this is back when, bro, uh, LaVert was popping. 
like slow R and B groups, and 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 they were they were we had bands, we had uh, uh, what the fuck yeah. is that? Huh? What's up, Jeff? What'd you say? Sam was up to Jeff in the in the joint. Oh, so yeah, we uh, shout out to everybody who's on, man. We um, we really just wanted to use this as an opportunity to just we didn't get a chance to shoot this past Saturday. And since we on this anti-slight thing and not trying to make excuses for shit, we figured we might as well just hop on a live and, and, and make this an episode where we're talking about music. And so obviously we got pieces of it that we weave into our episodes, but music is just too big of a part of our lives, man. To, I, I think it's just going to be, I mean, even with some of the logos and stuff that we're doing, it's just, it's a part of, it's a part of everything yeah. we're going to be doing, man. Yeah, it, it's weave, it's woven into every aspect of, of how, well, I know me, um, and even how we move around, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a big reason why we even kick it, you know what I'm yeah. through, you know, spinning records. So, so it is, uh, but uh, it is a big part, man. But uh, so, so you being in the Midwest, you were more influenced first by do you think by west coast hip-hop or did or was it like so you were like the ice teas and the and all of those initial was it but it wasn't like the la or the the more the bay area you know it was it was a combination between the two man so like i nwa that was what it was but king t you know even some of the bay folks like uh mac dre yeah, um, yeah. Mac Mall, yeah, yeah. Um, JT, the bigger figure, you know, like like these, like and even Master P. I thought for the longest, it wasn't until my twenties, bro. I didn't. I thought Master P was West Coast. I didn't know that he was down I, south. He actually was. He actually moved from New Orleans to 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 L.A. and then sort of caught on, or Richmond, California, and then none of that of, shit. Yeah, that's crazy. And so. Um, it was either, I listened to Just Ice, right? I listened to Tribe Called Quest. I listened to Schoolie D. Like, all that shit I listened to, but yeah. Yeah. it wasn't It wasn't until I heard Enter the 36 Chambers, bro, that just changed my motherfucking life. Like, there was nothing, there was nothing that I had been exposed to from a hip-hop perspective up to that point that actually, it was like jazz, for hip hop for me. It changed the way I listened to music. And that was what, 92? Somewhere around there, 92, 93. Let me get, hold on, let me get my, let me get my iPad. We'll fucking sit up here and argue. Oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah, it, uh, it changed, it changed the way I listened to music, bro. And um, I just listened to music different from that point forward. At 92? Signed, it was signed in 92, so 92, 93. And then I just became an East Coast fan. Like, I, I understood the differences between coasts at that point. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a clear, like, even with some of the, even with some of the other East Coast, there was some similarities. Yeah. Um, the, the beats were a little different, and the flows were a little different, but Wu-Tang was like a whole different motherfucking thing at that time that's wild man we had like i said growing up 
in D.C., dog, because of the influence of black colleges and black people. For, and D.C. has always been more of a transient city, man, because you got people that, you know, federal government, people that work for the U.N. and, and all these different places. So it was a lot of um, a lot of people from different and like a lot of us, you know, all of most of our families are from the, the southern east coast like North Carolina, South Carolinas, Georgia, mm -hmm. right? And who came up to, and we had family along the way. We had family in North Carolina. We had family in Virginia, D.C. And then we had family in New York. And then, you know what I'm saying? So it was always, we could, every summer we were going here or there or moving around in a way that we would be able to listen to what was happening and then also give what we were doing you know what i'm saying so we could go to new york and you know and 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 they would call us country and then people would come up from north carolina and we call them bamas and they spend the summer and we would be able to to have those exchanges so we had like the early run dmcs we had like the the uh the 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 early ll cool j and the early, even uh the uh, Beastie Boys and all that kind of stuff. We had that mixed in with the R and B that we was already listening to. When we, when we, when we, when we talk about these kids, bro, and their taste of music, our generation has to take a lot of responsibility for that shit, bro. Yeah. And 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 one of the things that I think actually contributed to. And I got to be careful because I want to I want to talk shit about it, but I, I don't at the same time. But I'm going to talk shit about it and not talk shit about it. I'm going to do both. But the decline of their the decline of their musical palette is to blame for personal listening devices, bro. Like that, that when 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 think about what you just said about yeah. why you love music why I love music. We yeah. heard our parents play. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. nobody afford no per I remember when a motherfucker had them 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 orange earphones, bro, that was like $19 or $9 or some shit. And then you plugged them in somewhere and because you only had one radio, sometimes yeah. you had to share them motherfuckers. So yeah. now when these iPods came out, people get in the car, do all of that kind of stuff. The kids start walking around. That's how I do. I couldn't listen to NWA. I had to get a fucking disc, a Walkman. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and so now, when the kids get in the car, they yeah. they got on a they got on their iPhones, and we might be listening to our dope shit. Yeah. But it was one of the things I actually did with Miles. I would make him. You can't put, you can't put your motherfucking headphones on when we in the car. Me too. We we can listen to some of your shit, but when yeah. but when you in this motherfucker, we gonna it's gonna be a, an experience that we share together. Yeah, and and that's the key, man. Because like you said, Saturday morning when you put that record player on, it was one song playing, and that's what that was what everybody was was listening to, and that's what everybody was vibing to. And you ain't, I mean, you ain't really have at a young age no say in what what the tunes were in the house. You had absolutely no. Oh, so you just heard what everybody else was was doing, and you're right. We ain't have. It was later when we got headphones and was able to 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 sort of get into our own thing. But you're right, man. I think that yeah, man. I, I it's it's a lot of reasons why musical palettes are different, and and to some extent, sometimes they just 
in a perfect world, they just expand. Because I know that, you know, Mon listened to, you know, he started out, you know, it was Nirvana. It was it was rock band. It was, that's sort of where he gravitated to first. And, mm-hmm. and then he went, no, you know, first it was it was Michael Jackson. It was, it was that kind of a hop. And then because of Beat It, which is interesting, and 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 uh Dirty Diana, because those rock records <laughs> moved towards Nirvana's and Green Days and all that. And he was vibing to that. Then he kind of moved uh it's weird, man. Then he kind of moved into more some pop stuff. And then he went to hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Starting with the old stuff, but then he he has his he and he he's he'll listen, he'll have a playlist in a car, man, and it'll have Tyler the Creator, two wow. people no idea who they are, uh, a Bob Marley record, um, a Nas record that he knows every ad lib and nuance for. And uh and uh, and and then three other records. I have no idea what they are. So it, it's it, it. I think it's more expansive than we give them credit for. No, and 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 you're and you're right. But I, I and I and and as long as because it comes back around when it comes back around, right? And 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 sometimes the seeds that we plant in these babies when they're young come come a little later. Right. In life, they, they they sprout a little later because and that and that's that's one of the that's one of the things I think we have to um, be real. Uh, we got to trust ourselves, the universe, God or whatever, and all these other things that, you know, you're we're instilling these things. We're planting these seeds and that they'll they'll grow when it's time for them to grow. And music, I think, is just a form of that. Because it's hard. Like You tell me this all the time, man. You can't be around these babies and not be touching them in ways, whether they see it or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think, I think from, a, from a general perspective, these personal listening devices where we're, where we're going into two different worlds, because they, they, yeah. they, they essentially, you could be in two different worlds, but in the same crib. Yeah. Um, and, and we just didn't have that luxury Yep. the frequency of that luxury when we were younger. So we, 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 um, we got exposed to things that we probably never would have that, that we take with us to this day because of it. And, and we didn't have access to all of the different uh, outlets that they have access to. I mean, they yeah. have access to music that I've never even, like this SoundCloud thing that, you know, people actually go viral from just putting their music on SoundCloud. You know what I'm saying? We had vetted for us from record labels, A&Rs, and the shit that was on radio or the stuff that was in the record store or, you know what I'm saying, like that. We didn't have, like, outlet to 15 different websites that we can get music from. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whether it be, I mean, and a lot of these aren't labeled artists. They aren't you know, these sort of polished and, and labeled artists. They're just people who somebody said they like. It could just be, yeah. they could find a dude that they like in their circle of friends that nobody else has ever heard of. You know what I'm saying? And they just like it. And they'll vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to, it's not like a, a national thing they put in the record store. There's something that they just find, man. And that, that changes everything. Um. So what do you think about 
How do you use music now? Man, um, I think I've always used it in the same sort of ways uh, as a level of, as everything, man. It's, it's, there's for every feeling that you have, everything that you're feeling, everything you're going through, every emotion that you sort of are processing, there's a, there are a million songs, you know what I'm saying, that'll touch that and, and either for me, clarify it, amplify it, or just sort of help wash it away. You know what I'm saying? And then no matter how low you are, there's something that'll make you feel like there's somebody out there who wrote a song that, that you feel like you're understood, like you feel that they get it. You know what I'm saying? So, And no matter how happy you are, it, it's all the same thing. So I can't say there's no, no aspect of my life that I don't use music. Like, there's nothing that I do that I can't put a, a a playlist or song or album to. Do you um? Do you think it's changed since you were younger? My relationship to music. Yeah, I think it's gotten stronger. I think the fact that now, uh. Now I can do two things. I can explore the the totality of an artist that I always like, like an old artist. I can listen to a complete piece of work, and 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 soak it all in. You know what I'm saying? I could, and it could be some new stuff that I sort of hear that reminds me of old stuff that I can listen to and 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 vibe off of and get and and and. And feel something from so I don't I think it's just grown and expanded more than you know than anything else I don't think it's changed though my um I think that these songs actually transmit energies and vibes Absolutely. and um what I what concerns me I think about how Like it's a it's a it's a weapon. I remember I don't know how I'm trying to explain it, but it's um what concerns me about these kids and how they consume music and the fact that they don't have like slow songs no more, bro. They don't have is, R and B. No R and B. Like even and they call Chris Brown R and B, right? Yeah. But um love and music anymore. Yeah, Rihanna's R and B, like, but it's really pop or something. Yeah. Now I don't know, yeah. but like, it, it it's that I don't kind of like how we were talking earlier about kids don't really understand where they are or you know patterns and stuff. But the fact that, um, there are a lot of these energies that are going around that these kids are tapping into and that that's tapping into these kids that they don't really understand and. And I'm not sure what the ramifications of that is, right? Um, from like a long-term perspective, because I mean, even remember back in the day when they were like, you know, gun. Uh, what did they say? Guns don't kill people. People kill people. You know, music doesn't motivate people to do stuff. I'm like, that ain't necessarily true. Yeah. You know, I remember when I used to mount up. We used to have E40 on the motherfucking in the car. But I think it definitely amplifies, man. I don't think that it create. I don't think that it's 
it's the seed, but I definitely think that it can uh, feed water and amplify something that you're feeling. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's the spark that starts the fire, but I think it it's definitely the wind that fl that that blows it into a you know into something else. So let's say you got twenty feelings, huh? Let's say you got twenty feelings, and then. Right there's a certain type of energy that keeps getting transmitted through the world yeah. that taps into one or two of them 20 and then amplifies it. Yep. And then it gets amplified so strongly mm -hmm. that you now think it's you. Yep. And you associate with it. You got an identity attached to it. Absolutely. And now you don't even need the song because you are the energy that produced the most. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, and that's, I mean, but we know that's what anything, but yes, that's definitely, if it's something that is consistent and, and you attach yourself to it, dog, and you identify as it, and, I, and, and, and you're right in the sense that even, like, the music and these artists and how they identify themselves in relationship to their music, can all these kids will identify with this artist and think that they are them or think, yeah. you know, that's who they are. That's who they, that's who understands them. That's their, that's their feelings. And, and on top of that, they're kids. So, you know, they ain't got their brain is mush at this point anyway. And so, so yeah, you're right, man. And, and, and the more that, that, if you don't balance that with, with, R&B. With love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thinking about love. But think about this, though. When we, back in our, you know, when we had R&B, we were still out there. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we still ain't really understand what the, even the love was coming from a, a weird place sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And we were still, it was, it's just that it had love. Now I feel like it's sex, bro. It's beyond sex. I, I, I don't and I don't I don't know if it uh I feel like they're kind of synonymous with one another now and or 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 sex is being masked as love because like even when we talk about R and B bro there's cursing in the music there yeah. there's all of this subjugation it's not even really talking about yeah it's, or, or either that or having a good time and I yeah. guess that they're they're kind of like the same thing but it's not like how do you see yourself and this other person and, yeah. you know, yeah, all of this other shit? Because the thing, too, and I think sound is you can't turn your ears off. Yep. You can close your eyes, yeah. but you can't even when you're it's like even when you don't it's like a song. Think of how many songs you know that you hate. You didn't consciously write the motherfuckers down to try yep. to remember. Yeah. But, you know, them. Yep. Yep. word for word, you yep. know, and we don't cut our ears off we're listening and digesting this information a lot of times whether whether we are conscious of it or not and that and that um and so i think ultimately whatever it's going to be it's going to be but as i sit back and kind of look at the landscape of music and see the lack of r&b because even though the other stuff was there when we were younger um like the love piece, I spent so much time in those spaces, man. 
um, listening to those music, listening to those songs and those artists like Laverne, bro, baby, I'm ready yeah. to give you all of my love. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no soul in it. It's all pop and it's all aimed that way. You know what I'm saying? And it's not any, and that's unfortunate, man. There's, there are no songs about love. You know what I'm saying? Like legitimate, like R&B love. And even, popular, popular songs. Right. Even if, even if, even if the song is about, um, even if even if back in the day the artists that were singing those songs were doing other weird things, mm -hmm. the song still had. Um, even it felt like love. It felt like when you're singing it, you felt the emotion of 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 what the lyrics were, and you do that now. So you feel the emotion of you know. Going out, getting you know, getting high, taking somebody, girl. I mean, that's <laughs> that's where you end up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a strange space, man. This is because again, these are kids, and 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 we learn. I mean, basically, we learn relationships through music. Like we learn how to talk to the opposite sex. We learn how to you know how to interact with them, the things to say, the things you know what I'm saying. How to mm -hmm. present yourself to them, and now they—that's how they learn how to present themselves. And I wonder if that's where a lot of, because you know, you hear about a lot of this anxiety stuff with kids, man, and you know, there's a lot of pressure on kids now, and all of that, and and it's something that I think our generation is relatively, unless you have a kid doing it, yeah. relatively dismissive. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And so, and, but, but I, I, I think a lot of this stuff has to do, and I don't know again about the chicken or the egg. I don't. Right. Think, right. But, but, but there's this. Um, there are shifts that are taking place within within our society, um, and I don't know really. I, I got this book called Ben I Me called Black Man the Truth and God or something like that. I can't remember the exact name. But he, he talks about how to change a civilization or a people, a culture. And he said the first place you are supposed, the first place you should start to change a society is with the music. Right. He said that's the first place that you should start. He's like, because it's an energy, it's a rhythm, it's a vibration yeah. that permeates everything. And it connects to every facet of life, love, war. Yeah. Yeah. conflict you know and it's repetitive you can listen to it over and over and over again and get the same message over and over and over again that's how we teach a lot of kids even when you're a b c d you hear that motherfucker nine thousand times bro you got guess it guess what you got it we teach with sound and so yep. like these he, he was saying like think about when you go to war motherfuckers what is the benefit of sending of, of going to go kill and be killed and taking motherfuckers with trumpets and drums. You can't beat nobody over the head, but <laughs> you creating. Yeah. They understood the importance. Like you get you get hype. Yeah. You get when you get ready to go to war, yeah. that was their version of tear the club up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shit. That's a fact. And, 
And they went in there, they like motherfuckers, just like with, hey man, we've heard songs and said, a nigga gonna get shot listening to that. Yep, I'll play songs where I know what's about to happen, that I know that I can either, either shut the club down, if I'm tired, I wanna go home, or I can bring it back down into, and, and it's all, and nothing else changes but the Sonics. That's it's all, it. the lights don't change, the, Nothing else changes, man. The only thing that changes is what you're playing. And we are dishonest when we say that that shit don't matter. Because oh, we, say, we say it a lot of times. It's just a song. Yeah. It's just a song until yeah. it ain't just a song. That's right. That's and a lot of times that motherfucker ain't just a song for very long. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, but, but a lot, but we want to, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that we don't really, especially if you don't have the kind of relationship to the music yeah. um, that, that other people do, and you might just literally see it as a song, yeah. but it's, it's definitely more. It's like telling somebody, oh, that's just a movie. Yeah. It's like, no, it, it's, it's, it's a lot going on in that motherfucker. Yeah, and, and especially it's a song in the vacuum of, of that one thing. But when you put it together with with everything else, you know what I'm saying? Then you're creating culture, and that culture is is can be um, whatever you want it to be. If 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 you build the, that music into a culture that is degrading and 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 drug fueled and and talk about all those things, that's your culture. That's what you got, and that's what people want to do. Mm -hmm. And because that not only do you sing about it, your lifestyle, you're living this rock star lifestyle and you're living it. So that's your persona. That's what you're presenting, not just in your art, but in your who you are. So it's like a movie. If if, you know, Dirty Harry was really running around, you know, what I'm saying Clint Eastwood was running around shooting up everybody, you know, then, you know, then that's what people will emulate. But yeah, and it becomes culture, man. And that's and and that's and our culture at this point, because of a various different reasons, it's void of love for each other, love for ourselves. And we can't and these babies cannot relate to one another uh, opposite sex or otherwise, because the culture doesn't it, it there's no there's no space for it. There's not How do you think we fix that, bro? I'm not sure, man. It could be something as simple as introducing R&B and introducing, uh, showing people singing about love. And, and, and uh, I mean, it ain't got to be no preachy, you know, you got to, you know. Temptation, treat it like a lady kind of thing, but it could be, it has to be some area that with love is part of the, is part of the landscape. You know what I'm saying? And it's done. Motherfucker, that treat it like a lady. It doesn't exist, dog. Singing about like, you know, your feelings, and you know what, you know what it is. Let's take a step back. It's your feelings. They, because these cats that sing about lean and, and, and hitting your girl, they got feelings too. You know what I'm saying? They like a certain chick. You know what I'm saying? They like a like her. Love her possibly. But they don't know how to how to 
voice that into music. They don't know how to put that into their art. So now you got a whole generation that can't relate to each other. So all they know how to do is hook up. So if you want to hook up, we can hook up. But in terms of relating and, and, and all of those things, it, it, it's not in the culture. It's not a part of the culture. So how does our generation produce that? I think it was what happened was the shift was hip hop. What kind of hip hop sold the most is what was what was pushed and produced. What sort of sold the not the most was sold to us. You know what I'm saying? Was to kind of push to the side. You know what I'm saying? And now the more that the more hip hop that was the more hip hop that's that's uh that a certain people wanna digest. So they have an idea of how black people should interact. And that's what they wanna see. They like they Negroes violent, over sexualized, drunk and high. And that's what they wanna hear. And that's what that's what's being that was being pushed because that's profitable. And that became pop music. So then you had, you know, other artists, white artists copying that, and now you got pop music. So now the other stuff that the, the way these white folks don't want to see they black people in love and happy relationships, nobody want to hear Lauren Hill talking about, you know what I'm saying, loving she, they, uh, an unplugged. Exactly. Nobody, <laughs> ain't nobody trying to hear that. Nobody trying to sell, you know, no, no teenage boy with angst in 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 Oregon want to hear Lauren Hill singing that want to hear Tribe Called Quest singing about you know their adventures want to hear they want to hear how they like they black people they like they black people violent they like they black people over sexualized men and women and they like they black people acting a certain way that's what they want so that's and, themselves and and that's a and that's a pattern that was created and that continues to repeat itself for like the last thirty years, right? And, and forty years, and it's profitable. Yeah, that's the main thing. I wouldn't say forty. I would say the nineties and the two thousands, thirty, better, but definitely twenty. So, and that's why when we talk about the shit that we talk about, we look goofy, dog. We look, we look like we look like we look we look played out. We look corny. We look old because we look old. Because like, think about this for a minute. Look at how many people are talking about this. Uh, what's the motherfucking name who cheated on his girl? Like that that is being repeated more, and there's more conversations around that, and yeah. and just like we we perpetuate the yeah. um, the gossip entertainment I've been, I've been thinking about this idea of just why do people want to be so entertained so much like everything has to be a form of fucking entertainment it's like the one of the reasons why we in the situation we in now because motherfuckers want to want to have a good time too goddamn and you know what it is dog it's that love and hip-hop reality tv um you want to see people fighting on the screen you want to see the train wreck and that's what television has turned into. Train wrecks. It's not... Because think about it. They don't even make TV no more. They just got back to making TV because of the streaming services. But for a long time, it was only reality TV. And reality TV is based on uh, unhealthy relationships, fights, and, and, and acting a complete ass. And Black people acting worst of all. And again, 
they, middle America, God bless them, like stay black people as violent and over-sexualized and off the chain as they can get them. And, 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 and I think, so what they found out with this social media shit, and they, they probably found out a little earlier too. They said thirst, they, for, thirst for trash. That's funny. Thirst. 100% thirst. <laughs> but 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 they're it's really it's like uh, I I found this out in sales. Somebody is twice as likely to uh, what what is the shit, I can't think about what it is. Anyway, they they're basically hijacking human psychology, and they understand that you are a lot more likely to look at something longer when it's negative than you are for positive. I think it's just the way we're hardwired. And so, um, and it has to do with like some back in the day type shit for as far as like risk and threat and that kind of stuff. And so now you we're kind yeah, it, 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 it has to do, it's, it's, like, it's, like, uh, it's like when you sit and look at a train or a car wreck longer than you should and you slow down. There's a psychological connection between survival uh, being able to anticipate risk and, and the fact that we, it, there's a connection between that. I'm not sure exactly what it is, I, but I was watching it, you know, a documentary or TED Talk like most niggas. But, um, <laughs> but it, it's a, um, because they tapped in, because they understand that about people, now they, they're actually dialing into it and just doing kind of like we do the morphine button in, in the hospital, bro. And we just, pushing that motherfucker nonstop. And now it's a it's an addiction. Yeah, but I mean I see that and, and I and I think I saw the same joint. But there was a time and there are people who sort of live in a you know, we used to live in a very like yeah, we liked the drama, but we liked it um a little bit. You know what I'm saying? We like we wanted Cosby shows and Martins and 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 that was our culture. We liked a little bit of the you know the NWAs and the Ice Ts, but we also, you know, we also liked the Tribes and the Daylots. You know what I'm saying? It was and it was it was understood that is and we liked even before that we liked the Richard Pryors and the Red Foxes and the Rudy Ray Moores, right? But mm -hmm. overall, we understood that had its Saturday night space. Where you were doing something naughty, you you know what I'm saying? Saturday night, you like to go to the speakeasy and, and the juke joint and get a little drunk and act a little stupid. And then, but then Sunday morning, you get up, go to church, and you continue on with a positive sort of existence, right? Understanding that you had your little bit of vice in the in the in the middle there somewhere. Got you. But it was a but it was a balance, dog. Because even <laughs> even the day, even the time, it's, even the time you're talking about, bro, they didn't even play curse words until nighttime. Exactly. And now it's the complete opposite. Now, yeah. now you do the full on crazy and then you kind of slip in some memes where you talk about, you know, as I scroll through my timeline, man, I see people doing all kinds of posting all kinds of crazy. But then every so often they'll post, Lord is my shepherd. But <laughs> then they go right back to it. But 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 that it, it's feeding that part of us that that is a piece of us that needs that if not checked can get out of control like like anything else like hbo cinemax was the first company bro that started playing movies that curse and sex in the morning time yeah 
Yep. Because the first and so after a while, this shit just started expanding, and yep. now you can look at anything at any yep. point in time because yep. that's what that's what people say that they want. And then you and even, so even you even put it in front of your kids, and and you think it's okay to have them watch two women fight on a reality TV show, and y'all can talk about, it. and that's what they grow up. Um, uh, um, that's what they grow up sort of watching and, and the feeds there. That's what's feeding them. Cause don't get me wrong. White people got, they, you know, they got their honey boo boo. They got everybody got, everybody has their level of friction. And when that, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Americans. I ain't talking about black people specifically. We yeah, can, yeah, yeah. But you know, black people are just as American as the people who watch the honey boo boo and all that. So, how we turn, how the music piece as it relates to all of this, and I don't know what's going to have to change first. I don't know if it's going to have to be the music or if it's going to have to be the people, but I think, I, I think more hands need to be raised because I don't, I don't think that we should necessarily get rid of this shit because Whatever, whatever, whatever can exist should exist. I think it just depends on what we give energy to, and what voices are are present that can can counter the stuff. Um, yeah, but it, but it's it's not again, dog. We talk about this all the time. It's what's fed to us, and we take whatever is given to us. We don't determine what it is. We don't have a voice. In what it is, we are given. And, and, and the people who, who are the gatekeepers to that, they like their black people a certain way. That would drive the culture to do everything else. And, we and, and don't control I, those things. We don't control the narrative of how we're presented to the world. But, 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 but I guess what I'm saying is we control this podcast. We control this, sure. like, because I think, so the algorithm's in place, right? We right. can't. The only thing that's going to change that or disrupt right. it is by inserting these other alternatives that give people an opportunity to tap into. Just like even with Brother Nate shit. Like, yeah. he, might, he might have 20 people logging in every Sunday for four years. Yeah. For 10 years. But it could be that 10th year and that 32nd day of him doing that shit that something happens, and then the next thing you know, he goes from 20 people to 200,000 to 2 million to 10 million. But if it's the, if it's the, if, if your why is driving you to do this and you, you're understanding the dynamics yeah. and you have a, and you have a vision for what it is and why you're doing it, that's the shit that helps you, that, that helps you not focus because he might only have 20 people looking for those 10 years. But he's really feeding and helping those people and being of service to those 10 people in a way that they need. But because he's being consistent, he's actually creating an opportunity to disrupt the algorithm. I agree. And so, but, but somebody, I, I think a lot of us sit back and say, not saying you, but in general, a lot of us sit back and say, oh, this, this music shit is fucked up or whatever the case may be. And and, and we look at this big thing. We look at Spotify. We look at Netflix. We look at YouTube. And we're like, 
you know, 500 hours of, uh, you know, videos being uploaded every minute. And it can be a little discouraging. Yeah. It can make you feel like the shit is too big. It can make you feel like, why? So if we push through, the, 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 the science and the math is there. I don't know what the fucking science and math is, but I know that it's there. Right. And I know that any, anything, anything done with love and consistency, bro, wins. And, and that's just what I feel. The shit could be completely wrong, but... <laughs> I agree, dog. But 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 I think that's I think that is a way of doing it because if we're saying love is missing, which I agree, one hundred percent, we gonna look corny as a motherfucker being gray haired black men talking about love for for a good ten years. Yeah, for good for just just looking corny. We're gonna be getting older. We're gonna be getting slighter. We're gonna just be going fucking downhill like a like a slalom of slight. <laughs> and we ain't gonna get our flowers, bro, till we gone. But we gonna we gonna have a nice path. We gonna laugh. You know what I'm saying? We gonna have a good time. That a slot of slight. But but that 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 that's the that's the path for motherfuckers like us because the world that we're trying to create more than likely we ain't gonna get to live in, bro. We just not gonna get to live in it because. I'm okay if we do, but I'm I'm clean if we don't. I don't feel like I don't feel like whatever it is that we do would be, um, you know, in vain. I just feel like I, I feel like you know that's what to disrupt an algorithm, man. You either need you either need a fucking catastrophic event. You need something major to 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 adjust things. Yeah, and to to kind of like put a light on you to shine on things that you've already done. And this is why moving is so important because the moving gives you exposure and puts you in positions to actually be seen and see. So through that process of moving, you just create content, you just share, you just move with love. And then the next thing you know, you'll meet a motherfucker who's Jay-Z's uncle and they, and, 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 and he says, oh man, I want to give y'all $500 million. I want to, I want to put energy into having y'all disrupt the algorithm. Yeah. And that's how that shit worked. But if we just sat here, we wouldn't do none of this shit. You're right. I, I, that's clean. That's clean. That's clean. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I agree, dog. A, a, a thousand percent. And that's, and that's why we, and that's why we do this. And, and we tend to try to stay on a, uh, I mean, I think this is the first conversation we've had about, you know, modern music and, and our gripes with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm -hmm. We tend to stay in a very sort of uh, moving it forward process space. So, so yeah, dog, you're right. And I, and I think, and I think even with this, what we're ultimately talking about, man, is, is, is visibility options and love and, 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 and you can never have enough love in the world. Yep. And you can never have enough love in the music. And, and we're ultimately talking about, you know, those things. And so um, there's a way in which those things can be, can be, can be presented. Um, but, and I think that's one of the things that, so that's a, that's a main reason why I went down the jazz path is because I really wanted, I wanted to get away from the words of the music 
and then try to see if I could tap into the concept of the sound being the words that's actually communicating the thing. Because yeah. I really didn't see, I really didn't see, um, I really didn't see the voice as an instrument until I listened to, until I started listening to jazz a while back. And it wasn't until I listened to jazz and I was like, huh, the voice is just really an instrument. And it sounds so obvious now, but like the 15 years ago or whatever it was when I, when I made that connection, I didn't, I had to go, I had to take the voice away in order for me to see how it actually connected with everything else. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I think, um, I don't know, man, I've always looked at jazz uh, instrumentation a little different. I think it always carried a, a, a mood or energy or an emotion. But um, it never carried, like for me, the lyrics sort of carried a different sort of took where else to me. Uh, and you're right, not until recently was I able to hear that, that emotion or that level in jazz and you know jazz instrumental or without the lyrics or without a, a singer um mm -hmm. so yeah so you it does to me it carries uh and it also depends you know it depends on the the artist it depends on a lot of things like i hear things in coltrane that you know that I might not hear in miles. It might be communicated different. And, you know, I guess that's with anything, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Communicated differently. Um, but, yeah, so I started to hear and feel that level of emotion like, uh, like you know, that I didn't before. And, I, and, and it's like that when I listen to Terrell's music, too, because yeah. it's... Um, even though, like, especially, like, when his stuff is, when he just, you know, he got all them beat tape, beat, beat uh, albums or whatever that's out. Like, you can, there's a, jazz led me to the idea of just what, it was, first it was, first it was uh, Wu-Tang, and then it was jazz that kind of, like, just took it to another, to another level in terms of just what I'm listening to and how jazz helps you listen to music differently and it and, and then when you come out of that space you listen to all music that way yeah it's like all of it because there's so much intricacy there's so much improvisation but um intent at the same time in it yeah and you and you can miss something if you're not paying attention and so your antennas go up real, real, real tall when you're trying to connect into some shit. And you, and 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 for me personally, I am a lot less judgmental with jazz music. Yeah, I I, I sit back when I'm when I'm listening to somebody else's music, I'm real quick to put it into a shit box or a good box. Yeah, yeah, or an or an indifferent box. Right. But when I'm listening to jazz, I literally strip all judgment and I go into that space almost as if as if I am a student and I'm saying there is something here that I need to learn. And if I don't, if I didn't get it this time, it just means that I didn't get it. Doesn't mean it's not there. I don't do that with everything, bro. Yeah. That's interesting because you, I think a lot of times in jazz, man, it has to all wash over you. 
you can't, you don't receive it in the same way like you do uh, other stuff. When you hear, you're 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 listening to the singer saying and the verse and the chorus and the intro and the beat and all that. But in jazz, well, in tradition, because I I hate that fucking modern jazz. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when they remake um, R&B records, like the elevator shit. Exactly. That that drives can't even. But. You it, a lot of times it has to because you're right. It's so intricate and there's so many different nuanced things that it has to. You have to take it all in before you can really. And you really can't. You're right. You can't judge it. You just have to take it for what it is, like any other piece of art. And it makes me want to be less judgmental of the other shit that I'm so quick to judge. Yeah, because it could be, because of that. You know, very reason. It's it's like I don't. And it helps you be like that with other people. Yeah. Like, it's a crazy motherfucking connection with the shit. Yeah. It's like, somebody say some shit you don't like, then we don't sit with the shit sometimes. We'll just pop off and respond and be like, well, fuck you. You know, or, or, or it, there's an immediate reaction that that is about you and you're clear on what was being communicated. And so you need to respond in this way. But like in jazz, you're, you're actually... You're, to enter into that space, you have to say it's not even about me, right? And I mean, and, and it's and it helps you improve your relationships with people and how you even enter those spaces. Because if somebody coming to tell you some shit, trying to communicate, because it's all a form of communication, right? It ain't about you, right? So it ain't about whether or not you like it or dislike it. Like this is what the motherfucker took his life together to share. This is what this woman. Put took time into communicating, and so how do you not make it about you to get what you need to get out of those spaces? Yeah, you're right, dog. I, and I think my like my relationship with jazz sort of came about a little differently because I I remember hearing like uh, you know what I mean I, I I distinctly remember man as a youngin listening to uh, Earth Wind and Fire record sun goddess and it had ramsey lewis in it and i was like you know and live reading the liner notes you know what i'm saying it was like ramsey lewis boom so i started to listen to go find in my pops collection some ramsey lewis and that led me to herbie hancock and that led me to mm. miles davis of course and coltrane and quincy jones and all of the people that came, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, my mom, and then I connected that because my mom loved Nina Simone and Billy Holiday. So those, the, the Coltrane Holiday connection happened. And then all of those things start to open up to me. And I started to be receptive of all of those things. And then hip hop, as it started to sample, you know what I'm saying? Then it became, you know, damn, I hear the same instrumentation in that, you know, and that sort of elevated my love for hip hop, but still explore. And it started to make me, because samples, it started to make me explore that jazz thing a, a little more. And then, I, you know, the, you know, being aware of the Roy Ayers from before, but also started to, to get more into those, that Roy Ayers space into uh into all those kind of jazz 
Because I think that's jazz too, like Roy Ayers and uh, what's that? Band? Fuck yeah! Um, it's a band. Rap. Even even like Cool in the Gang, who started as a funk band, was jazz. You know what I'm saying? It just got a label funk. Before they started singing songs, they were instrument. They were all instrumentation, instrumentals. So even those kinds of things, all those hip hops, all those elements, man, fit together. And you're right, letting that. And for me, a lot of times, it was full albums that you have to let wash over you before you can really start to, to feel it. You know what I'm saying? Start to understand it. That's the thing, too, man. People don't... I think the first project I heard... So there, there, there are two people. I listened to every single Tyler, the Creator album all the way through from beginning to end and i don't skip that motherfucker is so yeah interesting to me and he he he's 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 special there's yeah. something about that kid that's special yeah. yeah and and um and 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 so when he so so I lit we don't listen to music the same way anymore either. So like even Kendrick Lamar's The Pimp of Butterfly, that is a joint you can put on. It's a presentation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um yeah, that joint. D'Angelo's joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't what the fuck is the name of like some of these people don't even know how to put those are projects. I hate these little motherfucking nineteen year olds just came from doing lean, got eight songs on a joint. Don't none of them motherfuckers sound. There's no cohesion. And they talking about they project. Nigga, you just talk, you just took four songs that you found in a Fruity Loop program. Yeah. yeah. And put some yeah, 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 yeah but, over it. And no, that's your project. Yeah. But that's the thing though. They I, I also think, man, shout out to Nate, because he said uh Gil Scott Heron, and that's that's a fact. Um Gil Scott Heron changed everything, dog. But uh I think a lot of times your artistry dog has a has a life and you start out in a very slight way, possibly, and then you sort of land into your artistry, right? If you keep going. And 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 you're right, sometimes these dudes buy a beat from so and so because they can make a hit. You know what I'm saying? That's their whole intent, even making an album in the first place is to make a hit. And then they get up, you know, they get three or four fruity loop cheap joints that they pay two hundred dollars for. And then they might, you know, have a drug dealer friend who got them, you know, two or three thousand, five thousand to buy a beat from, uh, from somebody, you know, uh, Metro Boomin or somebody. And then, and you're right. Then they put together and they call it a project. And it might have one internet song that's big for six weeks, and then it's gone. But hopefully, man, that they will start to come into their artistry in, in, a, in a way. Maybe, hopefully, some something along that way will introduce them to their artistry and allow them to, to fully develop and fully um, reveal themselves as an artist. And, and, and so there is a distinction between an artist and an entertainer. Yes. And so I think most of these cats are entertainers. Maybe. And so if you're if you're at, at, at best, right, it, I mean, step and fetch it was the entertainer. Yeah. So yeah, if 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 if, if they're I think I think we recognize I think artists move differently. 
And I think if you are an artist, that is your ultimate objective, I think, to have some level of artistic freedom yeah. and to get to that point. Yeah. And, and I think if when, when even if they're failing, I can see the effort and I actually give grace with that. It's like, OK, it takes a little bit while to put yeah. that shit together. And yeah. so. Yeah. But but yeah. because I want to connect with artists, I'm not the, like the entertainers, like the people who and, and you could be both. Right. But I think a lot of what we see now are are entertainers and not really artists. And I'm more I'm more I like the artist side of the shit more so than the entertainment. And I think a lot of people now are really I don't want to say I don't know what the fuck they want to be, but they, I mean, they they want to make money from making records. That's what they want to be. They think it's, it's a fast, it's, since the drug day game brought up, that they think it's a fast. <laughs> so that's, they're, they're them, right? They're dudes who just thought it might be cool to get some girl and, you know, rap some songs or whatever. Um, and you're right, artists come into it as artists. Even if they're, tr even if what they're producing is trash, but they still are artists and they come yeah. in that way. Um, some cats don't come into it with a sincere, uh, they don't come into it sincerely. They come into it with ulterior motive to use this to do something else, to build yeah. and to, to sell some sneakers or something, whatever, whatever the case is. And it shows. So Marvin Gaye died yesterday or tomorrow. What is it? In 1984. So how many years that is? 37 years? Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to our conversation about him, man, and about like his music. Like even my mom actually met Marvin Gaye. She actually sang backup for Ray Charles. She was a Rayette back in the day. That's funny. And uh, yeah, so she uh, he didn't hit her though. By the way, I just want to make sure. Ray. I just want to make sure. Yeah, you know, because when you watch his movie, he was smashing some of them Rayettes. I just want to be clear. Ray did not touch my mom. So. <laughs> Because I asked. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man, what did she say? So, yeah, what did she say? Yeah. I just and I, I, I would, I, I was expecting her to say yeah, but I was looking at the way she said no because I was like, because you know how somebody say no, you'd be like, you could tell they lie. Right, right, right. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a real lie. I mean, it was a real, it was a real no. So, um, she met Marvin Gaye. Um, when they were out in California and all that, when she was in that scene and stuff, and she was just talking about how cool and chill and how just um, magnetic he was, man. I, he was somewhere, he would just be so cool, man. It just so, he was just that dude. Yeah. Um, and one of the, my mom, my mom and dad were dating. One of the songs, my uncle was telling me about a song that my my father used to sing to my mom called Come Get to This. Yeah. That yeah. was on the uh, Let's Get It On joint. And so I got all of these stories, man, about Marvin. And like he's like you and I, I mean, we're like we're in it with him. So yeah. Um, on Saturday, man, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to playing our music and just 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 talking about him in a in a in a beautiful light, man, and what he because you know we ain't the only ones, bro. Um, yeah. And when we talking about what music means to us, like, I he saved my life, bro. Yeah. With sound. Yeah, 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 man. It's uh, 
I mean, for me, man, Marvin was, I mean, he touched a little bit of everything. He was one of those rare artists that been through everything. And um, wasn't a perfect dude, wasn't a, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, he was who he was. And he was, you know, and you're right. It's No matter what you're going through, Marvin, there's something by Marvin that'll touch it. And you can't say that about many. Nah. You know what I'm saying? A very few, actually. You could count them on your hand. Every anything that you've gone through, man, it, bad or good or otherwise horrible, whatever. There's something that Marvin has said, a song that he's written or sang that 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 touches that. And he was a he was an extremely in tuned cat, and 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 in tune with his emotions and sensitive. And I feel like. The relationship with his dad and growing like he was a tortured soul you know yep. what i'm saying like in 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 every sense of the world yep. every sense of the word and i and i struggle with the idea of and that's why you got to be real careful about judging man um because was his shit in vain like i don't like that ain't even i i can't even begin to try to have that kind of conversation nah, you can't because because what what he tapped in did he choose that life? I mean, because when you think about it, bro, it's almost like there was a a spirit, a soul floating around in the motherfucking world and said, the world needs to experience this. And so I'm going to choose a motherfucker who has the most troubling, challenging, contradictory experiences in life so that I can get this into the world because people need to, because I can't, it's hard to tell with him, man, which motherfucking one came first. Like yeah, you, yeah. it's like, it, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like he chose that path. Yeah. Cause he, he, um, one of his songs on, um, life is for learning. No, I'm sorry. The song, the album is called in our lifetime. One of the songs on there, he says the artist pays the price. So you don't have to pay. So listen closely to what I have to say. And then he goes into the other stuff. And I feel like a lot of times, like he he was, same with Donnie, bro. I felt like they knew it and was just clean and cool with it. And then just yeah made what they made, bro. Yeah, it was. While a, they was here. It's a book, man. But I can't remember which one. Alice Walker, one of those uh, books. Temple of my, one of my, my familiar, one of them. And she talks about, how some of these artists are reincarnations of other souls. And, and a lot of times they can't deal with, and, and on some levels they know that, and they can't deal with all of the, the, the heaviness and the fire that that spirit brings to them. And that's why they, drugs and whatever else they use to medicate it, they deal with it however they can. And then they, always burn out at some point. A lot of times they burn out really early, like, you know, in a lot of these cases, but sometimes it's later on. But it's just, like you said, dog, these spirits, these these things, these energies are bigger than them. And they, and, and, and they use that vessel to, to give the world or give the universe what, what it is that they gave them. And they mm -hmm. chose a vessel that was a uh, 
in a position to be receptive to that and be able to to able to give that or have that level of talent to be able to express it. Yeah, because I, I mean, imagine if it fell in you, bro. Like, and he'd be mad. He'd be like, "Damn, I did all that. This dude, <laughs> dude. I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, <laughs> and average one at that. Yeah, average. <laughs> yeah, he a, a C plus level." Grab, I'm wasting my time. I've been floating oh, yeah. for a million years. <laughs> and I choose the slightest motherfucker in DC. <laughs> to my, my God, don't make no mistakes. He'd be like, shit. Blew that one. Blew that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Oh, yeah, man. So I'm I'm actually uh I'm I'm excited about it, bro. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think we we've been on about what hour and fifteen, so I think we're probably good, man. I uh, appreciate the time as always, man. I'm looking forward to catching up. Um, you got anything else? Nah, dog. Saturday we uh, eight o'clock, man. Twitch. I'm a, I'm a finish up this flyer tonight. Little video joint, and we going we gonna push on, dog. Yeah, so we're going to do a uh, – so like you said, his death anniversary was yet tomorrow. His birthday was actually the second Friday. Right. So Saturday we're going to do like a, a tribute to um, Marvin Gaye. We're going to play some music, talk about his uh, his music, what he means to us. And just see two old motherfuckers laughing, singing. Yeah, be old, though. In, in key, out of key. Hey, we're going to be doing it, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, bro. Yeah. All right. So appreciate everybody for joining, man. I catch up with you, man. Much love. Yep.